Hello, and welcome to GradCast, the weekly radio show of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western. I'm your host, Sabrina Hope, and I'm joined by co-host Yimin Chen. Good evening. Hello, Yimin. We have a great show for you today, as always. We've got uh, Joel Slade here. He is a PhD candidate in the biology department here at Western. And uh, we had Joel on the show back in March, and we've brought him back on. So hi, Joel. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. So back in March, we had you on the show, and you talked to us about your research, which was uh, signaling of genetic quality in songbirds. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we are bringing you back because you've got some exciting news to share with us, Mm -hmm. as well as... You're going to kind of give us like some tips about how other students can take their research and um, find postdoc positions for mm. themselves. So, yes, I'll take it away. Yeah. OK. So like where I left off last time, I was talking about a, a really uh, interesting paper that we were able to get published for my Ph.D. Um, on how uh a North American uh, songbird called the Song Sparrow, we found a relationship between their immune genes and uh, the chemical composition of uh, prenoil, which is a a substance that most birds um, uh, have, and they'll disrupt that on their feathers to protect themselves. But that substance can become volatile, give off a scent, and it's not really well explored if these little tiny songbirds can smell each other or can signal to each other potentially um, how potentially how good of a mate they are or if they're just of good quality. So finding a link between a gene that's definitely related to quality, genetic quality, and uh, the chemical composition of this oil was really exciting. Uh, we were able to get that published in uh, Proceedings of the Royal Society B. Uh, for biology, which is was really cool. Uh, what happened was, at this time, I was really trying to go out and try to find a postdoc, like trying to branch out uh, and see where my life could take me. So pretty much two years into my degree, I started the process, you know, made sure I had a good CV um, and made sure that I, you know, at least tried to start the publication process. Um, even took uh, sort of workshops that uh, was being offered in my department on, you know, how to find a postdoc, uh, how to create a good CV. So if your department ever has those, definitely go to them because they're really, really useful. Can you, um, just for anyone who's new in their MA or PhD, can you, like, explain a little bit, like, what a postdoc is? We use the term a lot at Western, but we don't really talk about it. So, yeah. A postdoc is uh, considered... um, Normally, it's a research position, but it doesn't always have to be. Uh, sometimes it can be uh, teaching. It's a it's a position that you get after your PhD, so postdoctoral. So you get a doctoral degree, you're doing something after it. Um, most people take on these positions if they're looking into keeping up with academia. They they don't always go that way, but uh, some people can do several years postdocing. It's called, and hopefully during that process that process are able to actually um, apply for faculty positions at universities so that they can run their own lab. So it, it's a process, but it, it's it's sort of what you do after your PhD to continue on with research or continue on with teaching. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's funding, it pays the bills, it's yes. that bridge between 
I'm done my PhD, but I don't have a faculty position. Yeah, you can't walk into those anymore. Right. You can't just be like, hey, I'm done. Where is it? And you could at one point is what I heard, but that's a very long time ago. So it's a very competitive world now. So the more you tend to you don't want to postdoc too much because then they think there's some might be something wrong with you, but or, or if you postdoc, you know, just enough, but you're able to be very productive, put out lots of papers, uh, do a lot of research, try to be novel, try to try to get yourself a good network while you're there, whatever position you have or where you're at, and that will lead to hopefully uh, a, a permanent career. So. Okay, and so you can do a postdoc. It doesn't have to be at the university you're doing your PhD at. Definitely not, no. And it's probably not really good to do that. I wouldn't suggest it unless unless you're being offered, you know, good money and it's a new project. Or you do have, like, tie-downs, like if you have a family or something here and, you know, you're finally comfortable. You know, there's there are, there are reasons to do it. But if you don't have anything really keeping you here, I suggest branching out because it really shows uh, people that you are that you are actually malleable and you're you, – you're, you can take a bit of change, which is really good for a hiring committee. So, yeah, I suggest to branch out. So, Joel, you mentioned that you started preparing for this position. You started looking into how to get a postdoc starting from your second year here in your PhD. Can you tell us a bit more about what the process is? Like, how did you, well, did you know, I guess, first that you wanted to get into a postdoc afterward? And how did you work towards that? Yeah, so... I thought, what am I going to do? Well, I still was really liking academia. I know it's crazy. Most people around about halfway through their PhD, I find they have that dip and excitement about their project. And yeah, yeah, it happens a lot. So, but but just because that was happening didn't mean that I I didn't like research. I still really really liked my research. So I started looking and. Um, there are some for for biologists. Or there are lots of resources, and there's resources for pretty much every uh, field. But I use particularly because I study evolution and ecology. I um, use different databases where they have postings. So something like I can give you guys the references if anyone. Oh wants. yeah, sure. Yeah, you yeah. can post it to Twitter or whatever. But it's like Evolter or Ecolog is are the like the two main ones where people. Uh, collect these uh, postings and they put them online and then you can see is this a good fit and uh, should I apply for it so I started that uh, and I started looking and investigating with people and most of the times it's like we need a postdoc in two months and I'm just like I don't graduate in maybe a year and a half do you think you're going to have funding eventually or if not here's my CV keep me on hand you know like you know uh, just keep me on the cards in case I'm, if in case you're interested in my research. So I started networking and just talking to people like probably about two years or so into my degree. So you say networking. Um, how do you accomplish this? These are presumably people from outside of West. Yeah. Yeah. Um, conferences was the first that okay. thing that I did. So. I knew people in my particular field that I read their papers and tons of times and they were at a conference that I was at and I was like, are you guys expecting to, to take on a postdoc within a few years because I really, you know, I like your research and, you know, they said hopefully yes, but funding's been bad in, in the U.S. for them. So, um, but hopefully, you know, it would at least lead 
me to other opportunities. So mm -hmm. the whole idea is you talk to some people, they might be like, I don't have the money, but you should talk to so-and-so. And that happened a few times through emails, like this person, maybe not, but try, try this person because I think they have funding. Mm -hmm. So, and also just talking to um, uh, faculty here. I sat down with uh, one of my profs uh, and one of my committee members and my own supervisor as well, even actually all my committee members, and asked them, have any advice? Who should mm -hmm. I look for to work with? This is my area of research that I'm interested in. And they gave me a bunch of names. So you, you kind of do that. And you write them down and you send people emails. And if the worst thing that they can say to you is no. Totally. Right? And it's and it's mainly a funding issue so mm -hmm. right so yeah well i mean it, it, it's not just a funding issue right is there uh, you have to be someone sort of attractive i'm e presuming e uh, as yes. far as you know the fit goes mm -hmm. do you have any advice about how to make yourself you know um a good candidate for to, to put yourself in a good position to be able to um be recruited for these sorts of postdoc positions? Uh, have a good CV. Okay. So like make sure that it shows that you're, you aren't just rigid in um, like one area. Like you're not just publishing, 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 and you're not just teaching and teaching and teaching. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're balanced. Mm -hmm. um, and make sure you record everything in your CV. A lot of people fail to like mention certain things that are actually of importance that shows that you do a lot of outreach. You, they think, oh, they don't care that I just talked to a bunch of kids about science. I'm like, actually, they do care about that mm -hmm. because it means that you, you have a genuine interest. You're not just, oh, what's the next thing I can keep do to get money and until the next contract opens up, what's this, what's that? No, they want you to, to show that you're malleable. And you have many skills that you can bring to the table and that you're a good communicator. Like, you know, uh, being a guest on a radio program, for example, perhaps. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything like that. Actually, that that's something to encourage all graduate students to do, is to, to come on something like this. You heard it here, folks. Come on GradCast. <laughs> yes, it's actually very good. Is it on your CV? Um, it's on my website. Oh, awesome. Uh, so I, I don't know if I put it on my CV. I think I might have put it on my CV. But uh, did I? I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that's nice. Some people might have looked. I, I forgot. Like, I have some <laughs> stuff on there. But if if I did, then yes. Then I probably will. Uh, but it is on the, the link to the previous interview is on my website. Okay. And that's another thing I was supposed to mention. Have a website. Awesome. Okay. okay. So what's your website? Can you share uh, it? Joel Slade. So J-O-E-L. S L A D E hyphen biologist.com. Okay. So that's that's my website and yeah. And we'll have uh, the URL and all these links on your profile when we post this yes. episode. Yes. yes, definitely. So that's that's sort of like the first things you kinda need to sort of a jumping point, mm -hmm. right? For for uh, for at least trying to be slightly attractive, like quote unquote attractive, um, for getting at some people's attention, you know, if you're just a general name and make sure that you make every email uh, also unique that you're sending to people. Don't be like, because I've heard nightmare stories of professors getting another professor's name there because they just copied and pasted from their previous one that they were trying to find somebody. So make sure if you're looking, be genuine about who you're looking for, right? Don't just, just don't blast the internet with a bunch of emails be strategic, write your emails, 
write read the papers from the people who mm-hmm. are who you're interested in working with and because you might actually start reading those papers and thinking this actually is cool but not the interest not really my research area that I want to go to and you might stop that email mm-hmm. so always do your homework okay. that, that's one thing yeah and what about for yourself like can you talk to us a bit about uh, what you have lined up for this fall yeah so um, that paper yeah. that I was talking about earlier what was great about that is we we had a reviewer for it, and I found out that somebody... N- normally, you don't find out who reviews your papers. It's supposed to be an anonymous process, right? right? Right. Sometimes that gets through the woodwork, and you kind of figure out who it was. And you somebody will just blatantly tell you. If, if the paper is a, well, a, a good paper, if they like the paper, you pretty much find out at a conference that oh, I reviewed that or something. Right. So I did hear and find out that somebody reviewed my paper and they liked it. And I read their work and what they do. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if I should just talk to them. Sent an email out. And there's somebody who doesn't actually have their own lab right now. They're, they're in a completely different position where they manage um, a center for the study of evolution uh, that's like, a, it, it's actually called Beacon in um, Michigan. So it's a Beacon Center for the study of evolution and action. And what's fascinating, it's multiple universities are part of this, but the main office is in, in Michigan State University and she manages it. So, I, but she does research in my my area that, I, that I'm really interested in. I emailed her and I said, hey, um, you know, I heard you might have liked my paper, and if you did, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in working with you. I didn't hear from her for a week. I, like, it was a dead, I was like, okay, well, there goes that one, right? That was my reaction. I thought it, it was done. You're like, rejection. You yeah, know? I was like, well, that was sad rejection, because I didn't hear anything. But during that time, she was, she emailed her, her, um, co, like, the co-investigator on the projects that she's been working on, and they drafted up um, a grant as fast as they possibly could to submit to NSF to try to recruit me. So then, like an email later, she, like an email a week later, she was like, um, "Yeah, so I am interested in having you, and here's a draft of the grant." So it was like, "Okay, okay, wow. I can, I, I dig this. I, I could wait a week. It's all right." So, um, but that's tough, right? Because you yeah. you had to reach out. Yeah, kind of take a shot at this, not mm-hmm. sure what you're doing. Basically, you're like, throw, you know, saying, yeah. so do you want to like, yeah. you know, and but and her response is like, yes, of course, yeah. let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, if we get the funding, we can do this. So yeah. fingers are crossed. I was still reaching out, but I was like half hazardly reaching out, sort of very like uh, to other people, like, yeah, I'm kind of interested in working with you because it was not a guarantee, but I was like keeping my fingers crossed for this position. And it did, I was very lucky. It did work out that they got funding. So, um, so there's another process, even if you are, you know, recruited and somebody wants you uh, to work for them, um, you still have to go for an interview. You still have to do everything. So it's not just an easy cakewalk. You're not just going to walk in with the position. So at the beginning of May, I went to Michigan State University in, in Lansing, Michigan, and I gave my postdoc interview. It was like, a, I think I gave a seminar for them um, and just talked to them about everything that I wanted to do and met with a ton of professors and people who I'd like to collaborate with in the future. So... 
it's not just, you know, hey, I got it and that's it. So you have to go through a process. Um, but it, it all worked out. And yeah, so then it leads you into this, this whole period now where you're trying to wrap up your PhD and start uh, a new position somewhere else. And it's, it's, it's a very hectic uh, part of uh, any academic's life, I would think. Uh, luckily, there's light at the end of the tunnel because not, it's not like you're just trying to finish up and you're thinking, oh, what am I gonna do next? You have a goal, you have something to work towards, but it's still, you still have a lot happening all at once, mm -hmm. so. Right, so you yeah. said it's a very hectic time for you. Yes. Um, how do you balance these two, you know, reasonably different sort of streams of work? You know, uh, finishing up your own dissertation and preparing for your the sort of the next phase of your academic life? Um, ultimate goal is have your, your thesis basically like at least a good draft most of it's done anyway uh but right. it, it's what's the big chunks are just like left for me is like i call them the bookend chapters like mm -hmm. general intro general discussion i'm working on right now mm -hmm. get those done and once those are done and they're in the hands of your supervisor and they're they're you know reviewing it sending it back and forth you can you can draft um you can work on those drafts in the evenings you don't have mm -hmm. to you don't have to um like think about it all the time you can focus on the other position full time um i do not suggest doing this mm -hmm. if you do not have most of your thesis done like it's just it would be it would be pretty and i don't even know if they could hire you at that point either so mm -hmm. you got to make sure that you have at least like a big chunk of it done and and solidified and then uh then you can progress from there right. mm -hmm. because you leave I leave Michigan. like <laughs> August 17th, yeah, or something about that. That's okay. when I'm leaving. Around there. Yeah. Yeah, to a new country. Right. So yeah. what is the experience like um, as a Canadian citizen preparing to go to the United States, um, you know, for a job? Yeah, I was wondering how difficult this was going to be. Um, it there's still a lot of bureaucracy you have to go through. There's so many things, like you get these forms, You like I just had to submit, I had to go find a notary for the first time in my life or something. Like I, I didn't, I'm not used to this. And you get a lot of papers, you sign stuff to become something called like a J1 scholar, I think at least for my position. And then you have somebody like who's, who's the name that you, who signed the papers, who can, I think legally, um, uh, be that person to, to, to account for you. I think that's how it works. But then as soon as you get there, you have to go to the visa office uh, on campus and get your social security number. You need that social security number to open up an American bank account because you shouldn't really be working off of your Canadian bank account. So you have to do that. And then there's a bunch, there's just a bunch of paperwork. I know I'm kind of glad I'm, I'm moving there with like about two weeks before the position officially starts and that's what I recommend people to do to get you know to get themselves leveled and get all of the hard stuff like all the bureaucratic stuff out of the way um, but yeah there's paperwork make sure you have all that stuff when you're going across the borders what I've been told mm -hmm. I haven't done that yet clearly because I'm here but when I do that it's going to be uh, I'm, I'm not looking forward to the boarding like crossing the border especially if you have pets too that's another aspect that's oh, going wow. to be a bit of a pain in the butt but and do you have support from like the university you're going to yes. in this process, and like advice, you know, helping filling out the forms? Oh yeah, they like gave that? me a, like I got this huge 
package in the mail from um, from Michigan State with a bunch of pamphlets about, you know, and like the community, the J1 Scholar community that they even have a Facebook group uh, for the university and just what to do, how to find a bank account or bank bank to use, uh, all of these things. So like just all the, the paperwork, what does the paperwork mean, what you need to bring across the border. So when you're um, applying for this stuff, uh, expect if you're going to across to another country, it's not it's not easy. You have to do a bunch of stuff, and luckily, for the most part, the university fronts a lot of the money that you need. Just like that, that has to be spent for applications to bring somebody f- mm-hmm. uh, from a different country. And Canada, U.S., it's quite easy. Uh, if you're from another country, you have to meet with the U.S. embassy for interviews. I don't have to, which is good. It's just, it's just another step, right? And I don't want that. So I want it to be as go as smoothly as possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So it sounds like even after you got this position, the networking doesn't stop. You're reaching out to Facebook groups. You're reaching out mm-hmm. to other communities, scholars, to try to get advice, to make connections, and just keep going that way. Yeah. Yeah, and you find a sense of community there too, because these are other people who had to go through the process that you went through. Even at conferences, I asked people who are Canadian or postdoc in the U.S. like, "How was it?" and going across and they're just like make sure all your boxes are numbered in your moving van and you have a list of what's inside of it so that when they check across when you're going across the border they're going to check they're going to say in box number one are your pots and pans box number two it keeps everything organized and you have a list and like these little these itty bitty tidbits allow things just to go smoothly for your life not just academically thinking because that's where your energy is going to go but just like stress levels right mm-hmm. yeah so so do you have a place to live yeah. already you know where you're gonna live i was live and... very fortunate and that's the other thing reach yeah. out so you, you <laughs> i reached out to my supervisor that i'm going to be having and i said can you just send out an email if anyone has an apartment or knows an apartment uh sort of close by that's suitable that's quiet for a postdoc and within a two days i found one I was, and that doesn't happen to everybody. Right. Um, I got photos, and this person was so nice. She even did a Skype walkthrough uh, awesome. to see for me to see it. So, but she's a biologist as well, moving to a postdoc herself. So it was like a good connection. So, so it's good yeah. to know people who know people. Yeah, and that's basically the takeaway. The, yeah, the, the point is the real big like take home message of of this of our conversation here is get yourself out there. Um, you know, start slow if it, if it's with your CV or a website, a Twitter account, um, really try to get yourself out there and just, just try to be, um, open-minded to, to different, different, uh, avenues. Um, I know lots of people are like, I'll never move to the States. And I'm just like, I don't want to like, you know, with certain political climates make people in, think differently and I was just like my parents freaked out that at first then they found out that I was going to the states but I had to calm them down and eventually it ended up working out so that they were okay with this but they still want me back in Canada so you know but I told them I'm going to go where the opportunities are and if you don't follow those opportunities you're less likely to find your end goal so you got to be open uh-huh. Well, it sounds like you're going where you want to go, and you're surrounded by people who are supporting you. Mm-hmm. And um, and I like we're so grateful for you coming on the show and sharing all this valuable information. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so you kind of summed it up at the end, like of what you can do. So, like, 
just what's some like your top three advice to someone say that's halfway through their PhD who wants to um, take on a faculty position one day? Um, yeah. Um, or like just to even postdoc, just um, make sure that you have some sort of media. So like make sure that your like I said like your CV is well built, your your website's done. And you have uh, maybe like a Twitter account, something to show that you're actively involved in whatever area you're in. Uh, another thing is talk to the people, your mentors in your in your own department. So kind of like let them know yeah. what you what your goals yeah. are, what, where you want to go, even yeah. if you're not a hundred percent sure. Exactly. Right. Say I'm really into this research. Who else do you think would be good? Who do you know to meet and your supervisor might introduce you to that person at a conference, you know? Um, the other thing is being open-minded. Like, that's the other thing. You have to, you cannot, I know lots of people who, who they want to stay where they want to stay. They're afraid to travel, to go, and and but they still want it all. It, that doesn't go hand-in-hand hand. normally. If it does, I, I'm really impressed and happy for you, but if it doesn't, you have to you have to be you have to accept some change because life is impermanent completely. Like <laughs> nothing stays the same. So just accept the change, go with the change, and if you have that, then you're good to go. Yeah. And yeah. I like that what you said, Joel. Like when you reached out to that person who you found out had reviewed your paper. Yeah. Like that would take a tremendous amount of like, you know, like bravery there to do this thing to put yourself out there mm -hmm. because you could have fallen flat on your face but you didn't it mm. it's what propelled you so right. i think that's really awesome you're brave and you're following your passion so yeah that's wonderful um so we're gonna wrap up the show because we're kind of coming to the end yemen do you want to close it or do you want me to close it you want me to close it okay well, thank you so much, Joel, for being thank on the you. show. Um, if you liked what you heard and you're an MA student or a PhD student at Western, you're welcome to come on the show. We'd love to research, uh, hear about your research and talk to you. You can check out our show at gradcast.ca. That's where we have all the podcasts up. You can also listen to us on, on uh, CHRW, 6 p.m. on Tuesdays, uh, Western's radio station. And... Uh, uh, you can also email us at gradcastradio, it's pretty easy, at gmail.com. And uh, thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful Tuesday. It's been Yemen and Sabrina with Joel Slade. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. Uh, this has been Joel Slade, and I have to go back to writing. Thank you. <laughs>